0: In this episode of Influencers, Zeus Health CEO, Jonathan Bush.
1: Getting fired is a really great, after you recover, assuming you do, a great experience. The thing that was most gratifying was watching people do more than they thought they could. I mean, we've been trying to liquefy medical record and health data forever. Uh, And it's only now just starting to frack and, 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 and leak out.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer, and welcome to our guest, Jonathan Bush, CEO of Zeus Health. Jonathan, so great to see you again.
1: Andy, same here. This is exciting.
0: Back at it, both of us. We'll get to Zeus in a minute, but first I wanna ask you a little bit about the healthcare business in general. You wrote last year, we would come to view this era as quote, an inflection point in modern healthcare. What did you mean by that, Jonathan?
1: Well, we've known that uh, healthcare is largely an information product, not all, right? We do surgeries, but a lot of it is analyzing data and coming up with conclusions and passing them on. And everywhere else in our lives, Information is separable from our body. We have language, we have we have the internet, but somehow in healthcare, the only way you can get information is to move your whole ass with your brain, you know, into the doctor's office or the hospital or the, you know, and uh, and then with COVID, of course, we couldn't do that. We 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 were forced to separate the information from the body, and we had an explosion. Um, we had an enormous reduction in uh, medical costs, despite the huge medical costs associated with COVID. Uh, We had an explosion in the use of telemedicine, Uh, real satisfaction with it. Uh, And McKinsey proudly did a study before COVID saying that in over the next multiple decades, 18% of medicine could be virtualized. And then seven seconds after they hit send, 90% of medicine was virtualized. And so that was what I meant by the inflection point. And we've seen all the tools around virtualizing information products, such as you and I sitting here today, uh, you know, you in your bedroom, sorry about being kicked out of the living room. uh, Whereas before I had to bring my dairy air down to the big uh, temple of Yahoo Finance with the cameras. We've all gotten very good at compressing and streaming information uh, and care and connection. Uh, and that's a hugely valuable thing for medicine.
0: Right. So how sustainable is this trend? I mean, obviously, we've seen this digital transition take off. But will people start going back to the doctor as the pandemic wanes?
1: Well, obviously, there's 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 surgeries that we've put off. You know, my, my hip hurts. I want to get a new one or whatever. And we didn't. And now we're, you know, queuing up to do that, which is, is clogging up. So there's some stuff that, of course, has to go back. But um, it's absolutely the case that the percentage of stuff that can be done as well or actually better, significantly better at any price, turns out to be much cheaper, but even if it was more expensive, it'd be worth it, uh, has exploded. Um, The idea of of messaging a care team or a provider is actually better documentation than even the most granular set of drop-down menus in an electronic medical record. we've gotten good at machine reading, reading language and looking for patterns, and getting all that chatter back and forth over a long period of time, particularly on the 80% of our, of our uh, healthcare that is behaviorally-rooted disease, that is disease that is mostly cured by behavior, that, those words, that chatter, being machine-readable as opposed to lost to history between you and your doctor as you sit there naked on the wax paper, and then, you know, she turns around and clicks a bunch of clicks and puts you into categories that may not be perfect. Uh, that, that improvement is permanent, and uh, I expect it to track.
0: Right. How soon will it be the case that doctor visits are done virtually unless you need a physical exam or operation? And is that really something that's going to happen?
1: You know, I don't know how deep you go in your interviews, but it'd be fun to get a historian to go back and explain how the the exam, the annual exam came into being. It was when the procedure codes came into being and the doctors said, wait a minute, you know, what about all these preventative things? And they sort of put together a negotiated settlement of preventative tests that would be covered in this new kind of preventative care, health management organization kind of world. Uh, The truth is, that annual exam is a bit of an artifice from that time, uh, and is not the optimal way to do preventative care. The optimal way to do preventative care is to continuously be checking in. And sure, there are screenings. You know, I want to get a Pap smear. I want to get a you know, poop on the card. You know, these things can be separate, Should be much better done separated from the uh, uh, the preventative care sort of channel. Uh, as a screening, and with all of the uh, pharmacies now getting into being points of care with the explosion of urgent care chains, and with the ability to mail uh, diagnostics to the home, um, we can do much, much, much better primary uh, and preventative care in a a streaming kind of consultation with, with anything, with a bot, with a coach, with a nurse practitioner, with a doctor, depending on your preferences and conditions, and then doing the screenings as a separate channel, and so I I, I, I think that the the record is clear that de- this is a superior approach. Whether the various delivery organizations can shape shift themselves and their economic models to fit that, you know, is 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 actually being played out as we speak.
0: So won't all this virtual healthcare, or shouldn't it, make the whole proposition more affordable, and shouldn't insurance premiums come down? For sure, for sure. I'm on the board of Firefly Health. They're out there selling uh,
1: a, a full full coverage for 30 percent less than uh, the prevailing market. in In they started in New England states, but they're licensed in 50 states. And their whole deal is, if we can deliver it to you virtually, you know, we, we'll give you no copay and no deductible if you let us book the things you need. Uh, you can still use the network and pay your regular copay and deductible. But the difference in being able to stream in the right specialists with just the information needed, as opposed to send them off and take a half a day off of work and fill out the forms and do the old way, is really profound. So it is it is making it through the stack to a to a price point, to a, to a packaging set that a consumer or an employer can now see and buy. Just just starting to, there are other companies that are almost at the place of Firefly Uh, Included Health, which used to be Grand Rounds, is getting close to that. Crossover is getting close to that. A Lot of great companies that are stacking the full product that we're used to seeing, but with digital offerings in the stack that change the price point. And I should throw in, it's not less care. Firefly members are seeing the doctor 41 times a year, and those same members pre Firefly were seeing them once every 19 months because instead of seeing, you know, they can whip a text in during a red light. Mm.
0: Yeah, you got to be careful about that texting while driving, though. I mean, I know you said red light, but maybe (laughs) when you get to the office or home. All right, listen, so progressives like AOC and Bernie Sanders have been pushing for a single payer system to make healthcare more affordable for. Middle and lower income people. What do you think about that?
1: It's funny because all the way back to Hillary Care, uh, when we were we children in the fields of Iowa together, or maybe New York, Upper East Side, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the 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 retort to the single payer people was, you need flexibility. You need the market to be able to evolve and germinate, and you need room for product agility. And what you'll do is freeze time and have some Soviet-esque thing that sounded great in a PowerPoint or a keynote, but atrophies into something horrific over time with coffee lines or black markets for gasoline or pap smears on the black market. Uh, What's been sort of the counterpoint to that is, yeah, but it hasn't really changed that much, you guys. Like, we're still doing, the atomic unit of medicine is still the claim. You know, the primary method of delivery is still this office that looks like it fell out in 1979, What's been interesting about the digital health movement is we're seeing now sort of disproportionate evolution. Uh, so I hope AOC is paying attention and you know maybe she can demand nationalized digital health or whatever, uh, but, but for sure right now is a bad time to freeze time uh, because after a long, long stagnation, we're seeing a real liquidity and of course a real liquidity in data. I mean, we've been trying to liquefy medical record and health data forever. Uh, and it's only now just starting to frack and, and, and leak out.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering about that a little. Every time I go to a doctor's office, Jonathan, they give me a clipboard, a piece of paper, and a pen where I'm handwriting the same information I've written a million times. Yeah. And I ask them, don't you have this in a digital form somewhere? I mean. This is crazy. Is that HIPAA? What, why is that?
1: <laughs> well, as I mentioned earlier, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wish there was enough time and, and anyone would stay on Yahoo Finance long enough to go through this with me because I find it fascinating. But suffice it to say that the atomic unit of medicine today is a procedure, is, a, is a, something that you can put on a medical claim and bill for. The idea of finding something that was in the past that eliminates your need to do that is a negative ROI idea. Mm-hmm. Now, these new they're now in the last I'm sure you've covered it a ton in the last five years, you've seen four thousand new digital health companies, right that are that are unique in the in their in their makeup. they are they make code, they make software and deliver care under the same roof in the same tax ID number. So the agility and the innovation and the ability to manipulate information is unprecedented in, in medical history. That crowd also has business models that do not have the claim as their atomic unit. Their memberships, it's 20 bucks a month, it's 12 bucks a month, it's 80 bucks a month, 50 bucks. And, and they make money every time they find an arbitrage. Every time they say got the results from this test over a year. Oh, he went to the emergency room for this last month. Oh my God, he has missed his pill taking. These guys make money when they capture a data synergy of some kind. And so suddenly you've got tech forward people with business models that make money when data is efficiently manipulated and you got to change your doctor. God bless. He or she does not make more money uh, if they find something in your digital past that they didn't know. about.
0: You're right. I mean, this field is littered with rabbit holes. Okay, We got to. You know, a little bit goes a long way. So let let's let's turn to Zeus, yep. uh, your new company, uh, and and so tell us what it is. B two B, it's the father of Athena, which was your old company. A lot to right. of- back here, Jonathan.
1: Well, at the time of Athena, you know, my thought was it would be get good to get doctors onto this internet thing. Like the internet's going to be big; they should be on it. They should use it. And what what how could I make a doctor more money? doing something that I wanted, right? And and what we found was that if we started by putting their those claims, the handling of their back room onto the internet and and, and wicked it out of their lives and gave them more time for clinical care, which by the way was where they made their money, uh, they they'd come on board. And, and more or less successful in that pursuit. Now I thought I would have a very easy time then in the background, joining all the data and creating a healthcare internet that other products could be built on. And I did not get there. You know, Athena got close and we had More Disruption Please, which was a marketplace and we tried to make it fun for folks to leave the wonderful, you know, the Googles and the Netflixes and build ventures in healthcare. But uh, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. I think maybe $8 billion of total capital into ventures the year I got fired, 20, 2018. Um, and a lot of work architecturally, trying to pull that all together behind the scenes at Athena. Um, so when I when I uh, when I was given my uh, my my required uh, vacation for a couple of years, uh, I enjoyed watching the emergence of com- this class of company that um, that wanted to share data, and I thought, what if I started from zero? You know and actually built something that was natively shared? What if I built Spotify to the Established Medicine's iTunes? You know, everybody keep, Steve Jobs, you know, he loved his collection so much. He couldn't imagine people wouldn't want to own their own copies of, you know, the Beatles' White Album, right? Uh, and finally, and, 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 you know, he was right for a long time until just every single song ever sung by every artist in every nightclub is sitting there on Spotify and you say, All right, I'll just I'll just turn my device into a lens. I'll point my lens at that giant database of songs, and I'll let go of my ownership of the White House. You know, it'll be on my CD wall somewhere in the basement, uh, in a shoebox. The, the same inflection point it seems could happen in medicine, where starting with these young gun companies that 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 are these digital health companies, who are fundamentally kaleidoscopic in nature. That you know. Rhea Health only does early stage you know, alcohol abuse disorder and Groups only does opioids and Lavongo only does pre-diabetes. These guys don't have any designs on building a vertical monopoly across all of care. They, they want to be narrow. So they benefit from being able to share and see what's going on with patients outside of their narrow focus, right? This group needs, they either got to build the whole AthenaNet themselves, which is a long, long cut having... Done it for 22 years, or somebody's got to at least be their water boy. At least give them some. So what? What Zeus decided to say is, let's build the let's build the common stuff, the undifferent. You don't need to build your own patient registration, right? You don't need to build the ability to write a prescription from scratch. You don't need to build the ability to do a care team, a care plan or message a care team. Let's build an API library for these new companies to build their marvelous unique technologies on, but let's provide a Spotify. Let's provide a common data model, a common data store, and a set of API set of workflow speeder upper developer kits so that you can get to market quickly, easily, uh, and build stuff, spend all your engineering money and your venture capital money building things that are unique to you rather than, you know, grinding through the commodity stuff. So that's what Zeus is. Zeus is kind of a backstage, you know, rent a roadie for your show if you want to build, uh, uh, build, a, build a song, build a, build a concert in, uh,
0: in, in digital health. Right, so how old is it, Jonathan? How big is it? How do you measure the growth? Huge,
1: very reliable. All the people viewing should feel very safe uh, mm. risking their venture money on it. Uh, I think we took money from uh, from our venture partners in, uh, in June or May. And uh, there were about three or four of us who were sort of toying with it for another six months before that. Um, so we're just getting started. Uh, we just got, you know, something we call arrival. when you, it, it's exactly what you said, Ian. actually. So funny. You mentioned, you know, the clipboard. So all of these companies now went from the clipboard, a paper clipboard to what they call a form stack, a, basically a mobile device. Now asking you 92 questions to answer with your thumbs in order to get your digital health. Right. So that data exists on people. We're, the first thing we're offering is, Hey, let us do your registration and, new member onboarding through this API so that Andy didn't have to fill out all those questions again. We'll get down to the three questions that no one's ever asked him. We'll ask him those, but the rest will be answered. So that's the first thing Zeus does. Then there's build a care team, and then we're going to do referrals after that. But right now it's just that get started with a new member as a digital health company.
0: Right. So in theory, a doctor's office or a hospital or a big healthcare provider could use you guys as the backend to access my patient information. And again, HIPAA compliant. I mean, I'm always hearing that's the problem.
1: Yeah, no, there's, there's HIPAA and there's a new law called the Cures Act, which actually liberalizes who can authorize data. Uh, so, so all of the crap that you have to comply with is, is inbuilt to Zeus. So you don't have to worry about it. We'll take it very seriously, of course, for you. Um, doctors, offices, and hospitals are unlikely early users of Zeus because they are unlikely to be writing their own software. So gotcha. this, is a, this is not a competitor to Athena Health. Athena Health sells to doctors and hospitals. We're really interested in people who want to write their own EMR, write their own CRM for their, for their customers. Uh, so okay. we, we appeal, we hopefully appeal, we, we try to appeal, we flirt with, the uh, the developer community, the product manager community in venture backed digital health.
0: Right, got it. Okay, that's that's a little different. I'm glad you clarify that, Jonathan. So let me ask you kind of a a, a big big thing question: Is there too much or not enough regulation in healthcare? <laughs>
1: uh, whatever there is, we've come by it honestly. You know, as you travel the world and you look around and You you get tempted to get cynical, you know. There is is obviously uh, regulation sclerosis, you know, regulations that came into being for a very good reason in a very pregnant moment where we were offended by some terrible thing that happened and our elected officials gathered and said, we got to prevent that from happening ever again. Lots of guys in, frankly, in our home of New York, you know, got really good at ripping off Medicare by sending in fake mammography claims from Brooklyn. you know, And so all kinds of penalties and proof of this and ways of using forms were, 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 were built in to stop that perfectly legitimate concern. Um, so in general, whenever uh, we get into a place which we care about, we end up regulating it. And when we do, we end up with sclerosis. Uh, so obviously healthcare, we care deeply about, we've got lots of sclerosis, uh, I've decided to stop being angry or frustrated and, uh, and appreciate how we got to it, which is, we got to it honestly, and, uh, and then build machines that'll, that'll whip through it, uh, and, uh, and, and make it less painful.
0: Let me jump back to Zeus. I'm sorry to jump around, Jonathan, but you're pretty good at handling other kind of things, right?
1: It's the only way I can operate.
0: I know, (laughs) That's what I meant. So um, what about Zeus, top competitors? um, What differentiates you guys from others? What's the TAM? Yeah.
1: You know, the TAM is is extremely small today because while digital health gets hopefully a lot of press, I I read about it a lot, but maybe I read the wrong rags. uh, Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of potential. It's, It's $40 billion of venture capital just in the last year and a half. Into this space, granted, it's Jerome Powell dollars, which are, you know more and more meaningless, but 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 still, a lot of capital into the into the space. It's still a relatively small percentage of all care, right? So our TAM is small because we're targeting these four thousand companies that are building new digital health solutions. Um, if those if if it takes off the way, I think it will, if the wave stays on the beach and it becomes a sustainable way of doing care. It'll be dominant uh, and it'll be huge. Uh, But today, you know, it's less than $10 billion TAM for us. Mm -hmm. Um, All of medicine's $3 trillion. If we take a tenth of a percent, we'll probably squeak by. Um, It's really about whether these digital health companies uh, get up on the beach and stay and colonize the land. Uh, And if they do, Zeus will end up with a data graph uh, of extreme, extreme value. Uh, and uh, and then established providers, you know, they may still be on Epic or Athena or one of these uh, traditional EMRs that are so great, um, or that are good for their time, better than their time, right? We all just want to be better than our time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they the, the, they'll they'll still say, "Gee, I better check the Zeus record before I operate on this guy." Uh, so that's the goal is to get to a data graph, and then the then the tent becomes large.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would imagine that, what is Andreessen Horowitz was your Series A, right? Right. Yeah. And so they're into big TAMs. Yes. Yeah. The, into big tams. The,
1: the, the best TAMs are the ones that no one can see, right? You.
0: Uh, the it, TAM around the corner.
1: It's a TAM around the corner. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Right, Digital right, health right. is small today, but it's got a lot of capital and it's got the brightest people I've ever seen. And if they take off, we will water ski behind them and have a very large TAM.
0: And so how are you guys approaching your potential customers? How how do you try to get them on board? And what is that process like in meeting those people?
1: Well, uh, you know, I'm, you know, lucky to have sort of been paid to hang around the the schoolyards of digital health for a long time. And so to be truthful, I I know most of the early customers (laughs) of Zeus, former Athena health employees or, or, uh, or, or folks that Andreessen Horowitz or or Maverick or these other F prime have invested in. Um, and uh, even there they you know they're doing us a favor. you know we're we're building our minimum viable product with people who believe who know the know the folks at Zeus and believe that what we're gonna do is is uh, is going be more than worth it for them. But in the beginning we're just we're begging our way through old friends and relatives to get those get those core, uh, anchor customers live and successful.
0: Hey, I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about you a little bit, Jonathan. Sure. And some personal stuff, some professional history. You are from the Bush family, cousin of former President George W. Bush, nephew of the late George H.W. Bush. What was it like growing up in that big family and how did that influence you?
1: Well, I, I you know, I, I was... I, I don't know how, but I feel like I was very deeply influenced by my uncle, my dad's older brother George, who uh I think both my dad and his mother are dead, so I can say uh was the favorite <laughs> uh, he was just so extraordinary and he and he and he wore it well uh you know he 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 went to war and he did well and he went to Andover and he did well and he went to Yale and he did well and he you know married well and stuck with it and uh, and had these jobs and did well in business and then had these jobs in, in government that seemed very important, that were unpopular, uh, and took them seriously and, and, and gentled the conditions of dealing with China or having a CIA or being a Republican in the South. These were unpopular, uh, fragile things. And he went and, and, and brought his, uh, his gentle condition to them and. Uh, and 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 made them doable, made them sayable, and uh, I find that to be a very uh, important characteristic. To go into a place and uh, and gentle it, and and cross cross lines and, and 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 try to civilize it. And I've always tried to cut. He was one of our first angel investor. In fact, the uh, I was told that the Barbara Bush Children's Hospital in uh, Portland, Maine, was from a donation from the Bushes that was from their Athena Health proceeds, uh, from their original angel investments in Athena. So he was a very important guy in my childhood. Uh, W was kind of on a different uh, uh, axis of the solar system. I didn't get to see him that much growing up. Uh, We saw him maybe in the summer here and there for a day and certainly enjoyed uh, every minute I've ever spent with him. But my uncle was really, a really important character in my uh, early childhood, and and really stuck with it uh, with me, and and made time to write me back my whole life, and that made me feel like I had to do something. Have to, like George Bush is paying attention. But I better I better do something useful, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and I certainly feel lucky in that regard.
0: Right. Yeah, it's interesting. You were closer to George H. W. Um, than to W. But you know, just sort of by vagaries of Your dad's brother is something different
1: than your, you know, the kids.
0: Right. Got it. Um, And so let, let me ask you about Athena. Um, You ran it for 20 years. You lost it in this 2018 takeover with Elliot management. Yeah. Um, You talked about being fired. I've been fired. It's, it's a painful experience. Is there a moment you can remember when you realized you were going to lose the company and how did you process it, Jonathan?
1: Well, the moment I realized I was going to lose the company is when I was was actually fired in my library. Uh, and I, it's terrible because I, I felt uh, just such relief. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I, I felt like Elliot was trying to get the company for cheap. I thought they were trying to not sell it, but buy it and, and not buy it for a good value, but for cheap. Uh, and uh, I felt like I owed it to the shareholders, no matter what they wanted in the moment. You know, I felt like I was a fiduciary. And uh, however inarticulate, you know, in a battle like this where I just never had had any experience, uh, but I just felt like I can't, I can't bow out if I think it's a ripoff, you know. I, I it's my one job, right? Everything else is is fluff if you're a CEO, or, or, uh, and uh, and so I, you know, and, and when Jeff Immelt came with his Dunkin' Donuts, said, "Sit down, John." I was like, "Oh, well, thank God." <laughs> I don't have to fight anymore. It's not my fault anymore you know I'm out and uh, I had always sort of theoretically known that I had money, you know because of the stock but I didn't notice it you know I had the same clothes I had when I was a consultant at Booz Allen or whatever and uh, and so to be relieved of it, obviously then I had to spend months hating myself and feeling betrayed and you know waking up in the night wondering about mistakes I had made over the previous 22 years and could I have done a better job? But uh, getting fired is a really great <laughs> after you recover, assuming you do, a great experience, and uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to re- to rewrite your, your 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 script with the wisdom of your of your previous play, um, you know, really is better the second time you write it. So. Um, it, the answer to your question, short answer, is it was relief, um, and I, I'm glad to have had a uh, a fabulous beatdown, you know, a Fight Club movie level beatdown, and uh, and to have lived, you know, and and been able to love and be hopeful again afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was high profile too. That's right. Yeah, I mean, village, nothing-
1: he beats his wife. It was London Daily Mail. I mean, it was, yeah. woo, what a what an incredible beatdown. Uh, but, after, you know, I, looking back and I'm like, wow, these guys are pros. <laughs> right.
0: right. And, and finally, last question, Jonathan, and I want to put you on the couch a little bit here. What are you, what are you looking to do? I mean, you're looking to grow Zeus, but even more than that, you know, what do you want out of life? How do you want people to talk about you and then ultimately remember you?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for a- flattering that you get an ask like that from you uh, and you've covered a lot of people. I mean, We, what was it, was it Lincoln? Like we all, oh, I give you a thousand excellent reasons why I should be miserable right now. And I could give you a, a thousand why I should be happy. And you just decide whether you're gonna be happier. You know, it's, it's the Ted Lasso uh, challenge. Every day, all of us. And um, as a leader, as a, as a guy at running Athena, the thing that was most gratifying was watching people do more than they thought they could as teams, as individuals, as part of a movement, the same benefits you get, you know, when a religion is working for you or when patriotism is working for you. Uh, And, you know, at the time religion was declining and patriotism was declining, but but people were having that kind of transcendental, transcendent, excuse me, experience. And I was there for it. I don't know if I caused it or was lucky with timing or some combination probably, But that was the most gratifying feeling I ever, ever imagined. Um, With my kids, same thing. When I see them, you know, look up from the soccer field or from a learning to walk or go, holy moly, you know. So I just like, that's my drug of choice. Um, I wasn't going to do a business of my own. I was helping other CEOs, which I really enjoyed. And I'm still doing that. But uh, Zeus allowed me to help hundreds or thousands of ceos in the area where i would be an angel investor and board member at the same time um it has a policy implication we should have a liquid common data model nationally. that would be more than any president has contributed to this country in a while uh and uh and it's you know could work and and maybe i could uniquely at least attract the right people to do it but uh my my aspiration is to give out as many of those surprised looks of I'm part of something. I did something. Am something. Am part of something bigger than I thought. Um, and therefore, I'll choose the happy fact set rather than the sad or angry or anxious fact set. That <laughs> that's it for me.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Jonathan Bush, CEO of Zeus Health. Thanks so much for your time, Jonathan. Great to see you. I'm I'm flattered, and thanks a lot for having me. You've been watching Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Influencers. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Yahoo Finance on Twitter at Yahoo Finance and at Serwer.